Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Coaches. I enjoy speaking with authors, writers, editors, publishers, and creative souls about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pros and wisdoms, and the experiences that began our journey as an author from the moment we put pen to paper. After 54 treatment facilities for alcoholism, across 12 states, four DUIs, three fractured vertebrae, and two stints in jail. Charlie Grave found sobriety on July 8, 2020. Between then and the summer of 2021, Charlie penned his memoir chronicling his journey of alcoholism and self-discovery. In July of this year, Charlie published At Least I'm Not the Frog, a zany memoir of alcoholism and recovery. Welcome, Charlie. It is so good to speak with you today. Hi. Yes, it's so nice to speak with you, too. <laughs> the <laughs> title, I, you know, I love the title of your book, and it intrigues me. Um, you know, at least I'm not the frog. There's literally and figuratively a story behind that name. What or who inspired it? <laughs> Yes, definitely. I've gotten this question a lot and I'm so thankful that I, I keep getting it because when I first set out to write, I I didn't know what I was going to title it and I wasn't too super concerned with that in the beginning, you know, because I just wanted to write. But then as I got closer to finishing, I was like, the title is very important, like mm -hmm. super important. So actually, I had not written that little piece about the title until pretty much the last week before I sent it off to be edited. Um, but through the course of my life, you know, I had been using this personal mantra of at least I'm not the frog. And it stems from this encounter with my aunt after I had, I had just received my third D DUI. I had just gotten out of the psych ward, uh, got my car out of impound, drove 80 miles home and was sitting on the porch with my aunt and just really thought that life could get no worse for me. It did. It got much worse. But at the time, I thought it was the lowest it could be. And she looked over and, and we saw this, this snake eating this frog. And I just made a comment of, well, at least I'm not the frog. And then it really stuck with me over the years. So when I finally came time to write, I was like, well, this is the perfect title. Yeah. And maybe it'll make people like take a second look or something, you know? Right. And so much symbolization in, in all of that as well. And, you know, cause yeah, there are some days we feel like the frog and some days yes. you know, we're, we're the snake looking at dinner going, Hmm, I'm hungry. So, yes. <laughs> and there was some great symbolism, actually the, the gentleman who did my cover design and the illustrator he worked with, they gave me two options. And the second option, um, the reason I chose the first option is because there's a frog. If, if people buy the paperback, there's a frog on the back of the book too, the same type of frog. And the, the designer and the illustrator, the reason they did that is because they were like, you know, we read, they read the story obviously. And they were like, when we finished, you broke free of the vodka. So the vodka is the snake. 
you are the frog so we wanted to show you free on the back and i was like wiping away tears like oh my gosh that's so (laughs) yeah yeah it was really sweet yeah that you know that is an artist when they Mm -hmm. when they can pull so much out of your story and be able to apply it to the cover and and back cover um yeah you're right symbolism um (laughs) overwhelm which is great and and so touching so yeah it is because they paid attention because so many times Mm -hmm. you know i i have a couple author friends that have you know gotten their their book or their book covers and gone uh they obviously what? don't know me and <laughs> what yeah. yeah exactly and and so that's wonderful that they they got you and they got the message so yes i was so pleased um and actually if, if i can i would i would like to just say how i came across him because i know yeah. that a lot of self-published authors you know that's a big challenge yes most people think let me go to fiverr actually the most useful thing I found when writing my book was readsy.com. Okay. And that gives you, it's a great, it's a great online platform that you can, you do all of your work in there. It typesets your book for you for both an EPUB, Mobi file and PDF. And then you're able to hire editors, hire cover designers, everything. So um, it's a great tool for self-publishing authors. All right. Thank you for that pearl of wisdom. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is appreciated. And, you know, coming back to writing the book, um, for many individuals navigating the ups and downs of life, I mean, we all have them. The severity of the, the downs, of course, varies from individual to individual. And the perception of the down, obviously, is perceived, uh, is a perception. Um. But for many, they have found writing their thoughts and feelings on paper helps them to give words where they literally can't verbalize what they're trying to say. So did writing have that kind of impact on your recovery? And, you know, if so, how did writing help you? Yes, writing, you know, and I didn't know how important writing was to me and how healing it was to me until I got about halfway through the writing process. Because you see, anytime, like you said in the beginning, I was at 54 institutions, and that's a lot of institutions. There's a big audience of us that have gone about six to eight. Nobody's gone 54 times. So in those 54 treatment centers, that is where I wrote. Those were, I would get sober and then yes, exactly that. I wasn't able to verbalize. I wasn't even able to conceptualize unless it was coming from my hand. Mm -hmm. That's when the truth came out of me is when I put that pen to the paper, all of my, I think what it was is I was able to get it out without judging myself. You know, it was just coming through my arm onto the paper. And then I would go back and read that. And I, I learned in writing the book who I was, it was very healing. Um, But the reason I didn't know that writing could do that for me is because the only time I wrote prior to the book was in those treatment facilities. And then I'd get out, I'd relapse and I, of course, of course, I didn't write, you know, I just put the, the journal down um, right. because I wanted to be drunk and, and I, you know, you can't focus and you can't write. 
So I didn't know that it was as healing as it was until I'd been sober on my own for a couple of months. And it saved my life. It, it helped me cope through a lot of the trauma that I I thought I had worked through, you know, mm -hmm. with therapists all over the country. And I hadn't. It wasn't until I was just sitting on my MacBook writing that I was like, I would be elated sometimes because I would know that something was being lifted from me. You know, I would sob and cry sometimes mm -hmm. just thinking about the damage I had done to myself and my family. Um, but that was cathartic. It allowed me to go through those emotions. It, it gave me the capability to make this huge timeline of my life and really walk through the years and trying to remember, you know, what was going on then. Of course, it's hard for any of us to remember great details, but you throw on top of that gallons of vodka and blackouts, you know, every day. But it's amazing what the mind still has in it mm -hmm. and what you can find if you if you just dig deep and you start that writing process. I I'm, I am very active in the recovery community and I'm always telling people like, listen, just journal, just sit down and journal and it's going to change your life. And I've heard from so many people that, yeah, it really did. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was until I wrote it. So I think it's, I think it's just the most amazing gift that we have, that we can do, that we've, you know, have created. And, and it's a wonderful outlet, not just for creativity, but just for, for healing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, agreed. I I wholeheartedly agree. Being able to find an outlet that allows us to pour our soul out, pour our heartbreak out, pour out our accomplishments, because it's not all about, you know, self-defeating. We're not, you know, that exactly. is not the purpose of journaling is not to, to beat the snot out of ourselves. It is to become aware of self, see how, how, what we've done has an impact on this aspect and also a reflect, you know, a reflection of the good you know, mm -hmm. where we're listing the gratitudes that things we're gra grateful for without it, you know, necessarily being a gratitude list, because that is one yeah. thing that a lot of um, people say to do is that gratitude list. Uh -huh. When you can't think of anything to write, then start writing what you're grateful for. Um, so that you don't rabbit hole and go down the, you know, I suck, you know, I can't do anything right, you know, that that pivotal downfall that, yes, all of us go through, whether we want yes. to admit it or not, we all do it. Yes. And, yes. and if you don't, you know what, you're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty much how I how I look at it. Um, because for me, writing has also saved my life. It saved my life when I was 16 years old. And, you know, so, and I know countless other people that have said similar, that it was what made them see them for them, you know, mm -hmm. see self as, as who they are and, oh, wait. Can I change this? How can I change this? Do I want to change this? And 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 so forth. So, yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree that um, yeah. writing is, is so vital. 
And it doesn't mean it you is. have to publish it either, you know? <laughs> no, not at all. No, and I, and I honestly, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to publish when I first started writing. It wasn't until, you know, it, I'd gone a little bit down the road that I was like, oh, you should probably get this out there for people that are struggling, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it, you can write for yourself, I think, is just as important as writing to publish. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're writing to unlock something in your head and you're you're trying to verbalize what you can't and and you look at and you go with the intent of journaling as this is going to be a memoir you will immediately screech to a halt all momentum of writing because mm -hmm. it's, because then you're editing what do i yes. want readers to see and so when you when you bear yourself on on the page you know as uh or was it uh Hemingway that said you know bleed on the page um when you when you just bear it and just to get it out of your head you know don't add it don't think of and and truly you know if you don't want anybody to read it dispose of it in a way that nobody will ever be able to read it yeah. but yeah. but there is something about keeping it too because it gives you that opportunity to look back and go whoa look where i've been look where i am now wow look what i did <laughs> i agree and you know what even is nice too i mean it's great to be able to look at a, a journal entry from a couple years ago and read and be like oh man, I've come so far. It's yeah. also really rewarding to look and be like, what, how did I fall this far? And then it gives you this little moment of like, okay, but I was there once. So I know I can get there. So it really can work either way for yes. me. It can, it can bolster me if I'm down or it can help me be appreciative if I'm up, you know? Yes. So I think, I think what you've said is just so is so true and important is that just just get it out i guess do dispose of it if you want to i would not recommend that i would recommend keeping it mm -hmm. but i understand if there is the need i have a friend uh that i've i've had in my life that i met at a treatment center for a long time and she, what she does is she will go into her gmail and like goes up like she's going to email herself and just write everything she needs and then she just deletes it and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. You just get it out and then you throw it away and you're done. So if anyone wants to try that, it works very well for her. <laughs> you know, and it is an individual thing because yes. there are people who just need to, to express it, get it out, let it go and done. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and then there are some like me who, you know, look back at it and go, wow, okay, so that's where I was at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a, an awareness. Okay. Yeah. An awareness. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So we hit on a topic of writer's block. Now mm -hmm. you wrote a book and when writing a book, most writers, not every writer, most writers do hit that that spot where they're like staring at the blank screen going, oh, bugger, what, what do I write? You know, so that writer's block, that lack of inspiration, what, I mean, did you come across that for, for your book that you I wrote? Did. 
Did you? Okay. I did. Yes. And I think it, it kind of ties in with something that you had just said. Um, you know, if you go into it saying, I'm going to write this memoir and it's going to change people's lives, then you've shot yourself in the foot. And that happened to me halfway through when I realized, okay, I am going to put this out there because I have had opportunities that really no one else has had. Mm -hmm. And it's important that I, that I say this when I started thinking, when I put my focus on how am I going to get it out there? How are people going to hear about it? How is it going to save? Then I I didn't know what to write. I didn't know how to structure it. I lost everything. So I had to reel it back in and say, no, this is for you. You've got to write right. this for you. And if you keep it for you, that's how you're going to help everyone else. Yes. And it really changed the tone of my book. It really, it softened it. it. I wasn't trying to be as garish, you know, be like, I've got to show the depravity to just really get it in people's face. And, and then I realized, no, you're, you're, I don't know what you're writing for, but you're not writing for the truth in doing that. So I really had to pull it back into self and, and, and write for me. And then it was just like touch paper, man. I was just right back on track. But when I, and I'm, I'm writing the novella right now and um, it's like a follow-up to at least I'm not the frog. When I, when I started it, I started in that same main mind frame of, I just want to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. And then hit chapter three and thought, well, wait, I just sold a bunch of books in Canada. So the Canadians are going to want a certain thing, you know, and then I got all in my head and it all went to pot again. So I, I think it's so important that you, you stay true to yourself. You don't get in your head. Yeah. You don't future trip. You just put, you put your story on the paper and then it grows into this amazing, you know, it, I, I say it wrote itself is what I say. I had that one little blip when I got out of self and then I got back to myself and I didn't write it in order. I, the ending was the last thing I wrote. The beginning was the second to last thing I wrote, you know, so it was written all out of order. Yeah. But my subconscious knew what story I wanted to tell. And if mm -hmm. I just trusted myself to let my fingers do the work, it was going to be good. So that's, yeah, trusted myself and stayed, stayed into self and didn't, you can't worry about if it's going to be a bestseller or if people are going to like it, you, you can't do that. You've got to do it for yourself. You and I think that's where the writer's block comes from. Yeah, you couldn't have said <laughs> that any, no, no, no apologies. No, no apologies necessary. <laughs> what you said is that's it. That, that I couldn't have said it any better. Um, Thank you. I thought a lot about it. I've thought a lot about it when I had that writer's block. I was like, what is wrong? And then it just like came to me. So great. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is the case for, for many of us. It, and what did you say? The future self? How did the... Uh, future tripping. Future tripping. Thank you. Yeah. A brilliant term. Because it's a recovery term. Yeah. Is it? Okay. I, yeah. because it gets you out of the now, you know, because mm -hmm. the now is right now. And that's the, it's the only thing that matters. Right. The past is the past. The future may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. And and if it does, 
you know, you got to take six different, you know, you have the opportunity to take six different paths to get to that future trip. And what if you don't take that future, you know, that, that path yeah. that takes you to the future that you anticipated. So staying in the now yeah. has, yeah. The, and that is hard. That is a hard concept to, especially. It's hard to implement too. It yeah. is because we're, so many of us have that, you got to have a goal, you got to write it all out, you got to plan everything, you know, where are you going, what are you doing, where do you want to be in five years, and so, yeah. <laughs> yes, and my advice to new writers is don't go on YouTube until you've finished your first draft, because if you go anywhere and start trying to analyze writing oh that's also like a mess too so there's a little <laughs> bit of wisdom too like just you do need to know some stuff but stay off youtube until you're done because they're just going to get you in your head <laughs> good point thank you thank you for sharing yes. that <laughs> and um you know so ideally when do you like to write is it in the morning or so actually my when i find that i do my best work and when it flows the most is from about 11 p.m to 3 a.m very much like yeah like a night owl writer and i think what it is is i like the idea of everyone is like sleeping right now no Mm -hmm. one can contact me i i can i'm entirely left alone and it really, you know, I get my my oils diffusing, I get my tea and my lighting. I, I have to have this space. I'm one of those writers that I have to have. I can do it in an airport or a laundromat or anywhere, but the quality isn't as good. If I'm if I'm in my space with my things, it's just like it just pours from me. Um, so, yeah, the night is the best time for me to write or very very early in the morning right before the sun comes up and then with the sun coming up is a great time for me to write as well middle of the day can't do it can't do it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why but i think it's just how we are as writers i think every writer you know has their 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 environment and their time that it's like man that's when i do my work that's when i've got everything set up the way i need it to be um Yes. Then it just flows. Yeah. Yeah. I I tend to do more journaling in the morning or just before I go to bed. And when I write, you know, it's typically slipped in between things. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a set schedule or anything like that. And if I I think if I had a set schedule, I would be applying too much pressure on myself that yeah gotta do it now come on cindy let's go girl and yeah this is the time that you're supposed to be yeah i understand that too yep yeah but it's also um the freedom of being able to set that that rhythm when it works for me in with the life that i'm currently you know living through (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah So one thing I really, really wanted to hit on, and I really want to congratulate you because it's not an easy task 
to or goal to acquire is your book reached number one uh, new release on Amazon in three categories alcoholism substance abuse this 12 step programs as a self-published again we mentioned it earlier you're a self-published author that you know this is not an easy feat it's 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 really no. not um so what pearls of wisdom would you like to share with aspiring writers hoping to rank well on you know on these best-selling lists yes i and I've, I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to the, the platform to explain this because it was I'll, I'll explain why I say to stay off YouTube until you've got your manuscript done. So what I did, and I, I think it was just divine intervention that something whispered in my ear, like write it and then worry about publishing it. So I wrote it and I finished it on May 31st, 2021 in June what I started doing is that that's when I went to YouTube because I knew nothing about the publishing industry. I still thought that you had to mail your manuscript to a publishing house. I mean, I knew nothing. Mm -hmm. So when I got online, what I figured out was this whole world of self-publishing. And then I really, and this is what is troublesome because I think as writers, our brain is not really set up to like, think business you know <laughs> like mine at least is and i'm a much much more artistic soul so it was kind of a challenge for me to be like okay wait sales rank is important and like promotion and advertising is important so i watched a lot of content on you know what is going what does going wide mean what is kdp select you know what does all of this mean and i really had to educate myself for mm -hmm. about a month i read everything i could i watched everything i could i just wanted to learn about the publishing industry and what i kept coming across for me i thought it was best to just publish exclusively on amazon and what i came across was you really have to identify your target audience, you know, and, mm -hmm. and of course, that's like something we always you always hear and, and people talk about, but that's how I was able to achieve number one, because I looked at the books that were similar to mine, I looked right. at recovery memoirs, where on the you know, on the Amazon page, if you go down, you can see the sales rank of, of any right. book. Um, and see, like, where are they? trending and, and I figured out those categories and then there's some back-end stuff you can do with Amazon that they don't really tell you about you don't you can be in more than two categories you can be in up to 10 so there's a lot of stuff they don't tell you about you really have to dig and learn um, that's how I was able to achieve number one was just very um, strategic calculated understanding of how the system works okay and it, it, it benefited me. I learned a lot about, um, you know, uh, what are they? SEO, search yep. engine optimization. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I learned a lot about that. I learned, I, I just knew I had to learn about the nitty gritty of the publishing industry or I was never going to get to anyone. So yeah, I spent a month, a solid month. Um, I took off a couple of months from work to finish the book and get it ready to publish. So I did have that luxury that I understand some people don't have. Um, 
but there's there's some great content on YouTube. There's some great articles out there, some great blogs that really, you know, self-publishing has been going on long enough now that there's a lot of resources for us. I don't yes. think back in, you know, 11 and 12, they had this type of resources that we have now. Right. So, yeah, it's just a matter of understanding what it means to self-publish, understanding that you you don't have backing from anyone. You don't have a platform. You know, you have to build it all on your own. And it's hard. And I, I started a blog before I published the book. And I just what anyone will tell you is I literally told everyone I knew, I'm writing this book. Here's when it's publishing. Here, will you like, will you purchase it? Will you, will you give me a review maybe after you read it? You know, I did all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it worked to my advantage and it was work. That's, I think that's what happens to a lot of authors is they put so much work in the writing of it that then they just go and self publish and they don't really put the work in for, okay, but what does it mean to self publish? You know, Random House is not putting me everywhere, I'm the yeah. only one. So you have to be your own businessman and your own businessman or woman and uh, your own writer. Yes, agreed. And, you know, for for many that getting out there and saying, hey, I wrote a book, will you buy it? Or, you know, that self-promotion is difficult for many mm-hmm. because of the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, that, that fear of rejection is, is pretty strong. So how did you overcome any of that re- that that fear of rejection or did you seep in it and go holy crap now I got to do this too <laughs> Honestly so by the time I had finished the manuscript I I knew I had written something that I wasn't able to find in the recovery literature genre you know it's a a huge genre quit lit is what it's called uh it's huge but i wasn't ever able to find a story that took me through the whole addiction you know usually it's like focused on rehab or just the first year of sobriety or, or or maybe it's just focused on when it was the worst and i never had anyone give me big picture give me here's where i was at before it happened here's where i was at when it happened and here's where i was at when it was over um so, I, so when I went into it, knowing that I wanted to do that and that I was writing for others that had been in similar experiences, that really shielded and protected me from the fear of rejection or criticism because I knew that the people that I was writing it for, that it was going to resonate with them. Right. And so it was more of this feeling of I'm doing it for us. I, I'm very protective of the recovery community, especially those of us that relapse is such a part of our story that it takes us so long to get sober and everyone's given up on us but we haven't given up on ourselves and i was writing for them so i knew if they were going to be like thank you that's all that mattered if only one of them said thank you that's all that mattered so i did from a lot of that um now i am submitting to literary agents i started uh in the middle of september just because it's so difficult as a self-published author to reach, you know, the big masses. Um, and so that's, I was afraid. I was like, Oh, are you going to, 
if, if when they decline you, how are you going to handle this? Because you were very protected before you were self-published, you know? So when I have, and I have gotten several declines, but what I remember, I just keep remembering you're doing this for them. You know, it's not for you, it's for them. And so I would say if, if someone has written something and they're afraid of that rejection, if that story came from your heart and you knew who you were writing it for, even if it's a story about, you know, just something silly, uh, a rom- it's not, I shouldn't say silly, um, not something as hard hitting as, as getting your life back together, you know, maybe just a rom-com novel. Um, it's important to that audience too. So just know that that audience is ready and waiting for it and, and let the other chatter just be chatter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, devalue you as a writer it doesn't mean that you don't have talent art is so subjective that yes you just gotta you gotta stay with the positive and you gotta let the critics just just have their say I mean they're probably bitter anyways so (laughs) (laughs) right for you and your audience you said something (laughs) weaved in in this last bit that really I I I wrote it down because I didn't want to lose what you had said write for self, publish for others, publish for those that are going to resonate with this. And that, that in itself will help anybody who is, okay, I don't really want to promote, I don't want to really get out there, I don't want to, you know, be seen as such. When they flip it around that I am published this for someone who needs this content, whatever it is, mm-hmm. how to how to macrame or you know the rom com or the whatever, there's always a message within our books. There always is. Mm-hmm. If it if it does if there's no message, then there's really you know no book. <laughs> no book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so you know, and if you flip that around, your perception of you know, why are you writing your book? What is the why? Why is it so important for me to to share this? What are the benefits that somebody is going to get out of this? That just kind of launches you and gets you into that whole other realm of, oh, yeah, okay. I'm not scared as much. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like there. putting bubble wrap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yes, bubble wrap that we sit there and pinch the little bubbles and pop, pop. pop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we're safe and yeah. and we're not worried about you know if it because we're not writing for everyone. We're writing for right. our audience for that particular message. Right. And I think what happens to us is we get worried about what people outside of our audience are going to say. And the truth is. It doesn't really matter what they say because it wasn't written for them. Right. We, we knew that that wasn't written for them. So this isn't for you. There's something else for you, but this is for these people. And and that's all I can do is just be in a um, almost like a relationship, you know, with these people. I can't I can't focus on all the others. So well, I think that's important too. What you just it said. Is. It, yes. And the other thing is is. You can't hold yourself back because one person might not like it. Because there's probably a hundred people who need your content. And especially in your case, because obviously you have been there, done that, rode that pony. 
you know, you've, you've experienced it. You, you walk through the journey, you're on the side of the journey and what you choose to do with that journey is completely up to you. But the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there, be vulnerable and say, Hey, you know what? I'm here to help you. Let me help you. Can mm -hmm. I help you? Yeah. That, mm -hmm. There's something to be said for that. And in many cases, that's, again, the purpose of the book is to help somebody to better their situation in one way or another. I agree. It's I agree. not all yep. about entertainment. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. <laughs> in some cases, yes, but but there's always a message within it. So um, I did yes. go. I did go on to Amazon and and I looked up your your Amazon page and and your sales page for the book and because you know I wanted to learn a little bit more about the the memoir before we spoke and I found something that touched my heart. And I would really love to share it. And I think it's about when you're scrolling about halfway down the page. And it says, listen, friends, I stopped the madness, the depravity, the shame and the guilt. How? I started to forgive and nurture myself to love and cherish the beautiful, perfectly imperfect man I am. For those who feel wrong, wasted or useless, you are not. Take a gander at my stories where you will find a skinny gay boy who couldn't quit drinking until he did. It is possible. You are not hopeless. It took 54 million times before I was able to see the light, but I saw it nonetheless. And you shall too. This I know for sure. Let's start your journey together, shall we? That right there encompasses this whole entire conversation. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and your book. Um, because we are all just walking each other home. You know, we're all... We really are. Yeah. And so for you, finding that self-love um, and... <clears throat> And you got me choking up here. <laughs> I got me a little emotional too because I haven't. I, I mean, I I put I published that on there, but I that I I remember writing that and I wrote that very quickly. It just like came it came from something beyond me, mm -hmm. and then I, I uploaded it and I haven't really gone back to it since. But you're exactly right. I mean, that is the essence of who I am at this per at this point in my life. I mean, that's what I've become is I was so alone and I felt so wrong and I was so sad for so many years that I know there's so many other people and I want them to know those things, you know, like, and it's been so beautiful. I've, I've had people read the book and reach out to me that are in the recovery community and that, the response that I've gotten has just been like, I, I didn't even know that was going to come, but it's some people have gotten sober. Some people have stayed sober. Um, some people have been relapsing, but turning to the book for support. And so it just really feels like it, it doesn't feel like I don't know them. You know, it feels like I know them because we've lived the same life 
and it's 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 beautiful so thank you so much for reading that because that as you, yeah it got me a little bit emotional too <laughs> so that's cool yeah <laughs> well because people have this oh this thing about self-love you know granted you know i'm definitely not a pro at it i'm working on it i it's a it's a daily you know process for for me and for the majority of everybody but taking the steps to put ourselves first um what's what's the line they always tell you at the when you get onto an airplane is you know when the masks drop put it on yourself first do yourself first yes because you can't save the next person if you can't breathe and you know so we have to remember that and for you to 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 walk the journey that you did and to realize that oh wait a minute i got to take care of me oh well how do i do that you know that is something that we all go through um in, in all walks of life and stuff and what was I guess, what was one thing for you in regards to self-love that, that really honed it in for you that I can do this? I can, I can love myself. You know, there, there were a couple moments. One of them I kind of wrote about, um, in at least I'm not the frog. It's, I believe it's like chapter 11 when I'm in the psychiatric ward in Kansas. And this is kind of when the self-love started to creep in is for the first time I was able to look at myself objectively. I was able to look at myself in my life without shaming myself, without, you know, berating myself. I was able just to see this boy that was so broken, that did not want to be broken, that loved his family, that loved life, but could not. I'm, and what you just said was so beautiful. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't find myself. And when I saw him in the psych ward, it was a, such a surreal experience. That's when my heart started to melt a little bit. I started to say, this, this boy is not bad. He has just had badness thrust upon him. Right. But when I was able to see myself as just a human, then the, the journey of self-love really started to open up for me and and as the months went on and I kind of navigated getting an apartment and, and getting into sobriety for the first time, and then I'd been sober for a couple months, and then I realized the importance of forgiving myself, of loving myself, and of being my own friend, being my own champion, you know, yeah. being happy and proud of myself, all these things that that touch people regardless of if they're addicted or or you know, if they can't stop drinking or something like that. I mean, like you said, we, everyone deals with this. Life is not easy. I do not think we are wired to think that we are the best thing on the planet. I think we're very much wired to kind of be self-deprecating and demeaning. And I think it's so detrimental to our existence because as soon as you can love yourself, my compassion for others just increased tenfold. And I really was able I actually joked not too long ago. I was like, it's so hard knowing why everyone is doing everything. Maybe not necessarily. I know their exact thoughts or motives, but I know that they're working. They're just trying to survive and yeah. they're doing the best they can. 
And now that I can see that, <clears throat> my compassion is so much larger. I'm so much happier because I'm not angry with people anymore. I understand that they're just trying. And, and that is my hope. I know that self-love is not easy. I know that forgiving yourself is not easy. Mm. And it, it seems like this elusive concept that only celebrities with, with money can have. And it's not. It's really just about being in the moment, about working very slowly with yourself, about to become self-aware, about trying to be patient with yourself. There's all these little things that you do and they start to build you. Yes. And then you look one day and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> I'm back. Thank God. You know, so, so I understand. And I always like to make it very clear that I know I'm very happy now. And I know it's very easy for me to sit here and say these things. But to the person out there that is listening, that that is not happy, that does not love themselves, it is possible. It really is. It's not BS that we're just blowing up your butt. Like it's, it's true. Yeah. Um, but it's hard work, but you can do it. Anyone can do it. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a great way to kind of, <laughs> you got me in tears. <laughs> oh. um, Cause uh, yeah. And so beautiful way to wrap up our time together. Uh, how can people find you on the internet? Sure thing. Yes. So, if you would like to just read my blog or kind of learn more about me, you can go to at least I'm not the frog.com. If you're wanting to purchase my memoir, you can go to amazon.com or whatever it may be in, in your country. I do have a lot of international readers, so that's awesome. Good. Congratulations. And then you just type in. Yes. It's been really cool. I actually, yeah, it was really cool. Canada and Australia. Um, but when you go on Amazon, all you have to do is just type in, at least I'm not the frog, Charlie Gray. Gray is spelled G-R-A-Y. And then it'll pop up and you can purchase your copy. Thank you. Yeah. You, you warmed my heart. And, oh, you. you know, I just, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for, for writing your story for keep going you know when when you didn't want to <laughs> so there is something very um very courageous in that and you, you are definitely helping others to get past what it is they need to get through because again we're all walking each other home and uh yeah <laughs> the uh oh. The, the tears are it's rolling. Good tears. It's good tears. It's all right. It is. It's it all is right. Good, it is good tears. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for everything. And thank you. My best to you. Um, keep you going. as well. <laughs> keep going with what you're doing because you are definitely, you know, I, I've coined the phrase years and years ago your words have power. Your story matters. And I truly cannot think of anyone who really deserves to hear that. Um, you know, your, your story matters and holy moly, your words, they have so much power. <laughs> so, oh, now you're making me all misty. <laughs> 
Oh, sorry, but not sorry. That's so sweet. No, thank you. That is just so beautiful. And it's so true for anyone. I feel like, you know, your, your words have power and your story does matter. And, and that's, yeah. Thank you. That is like the most amazing. Oh, and it's recorded. I'm so happy. (laughs) That's the best compliment I've ever got. So thank you. Yes, you'll be able to hear this over and over and over. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Yeah, that's so, this has been so fun. Thank you. Oh, Charlie, thank you. I am, I am beyond grateful. I I truly did need this message today. So, and I know a lot of, I know a lot of other people who will need this message as well. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thank you for listening to my conversation with Charlie Gray. To access his website and purchase the book he has written, visit pentapaperpress.com backslash podcast and select the show notes page for this episode. To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the newsletter and follow the podcast on your favorite application. You are invited to share your favorite episode with the individuals who will resonate with this content. The intention of Pen to Paper Press podcast is to reinforce that our words have power and our stories matter. To share this important message, I created several mug designs for you to choose from with my artwork. These are perfect for enjoying your favorite beverage when listening to this podcast series. You will find an array of products available for purchase at pentapaperpress.com backslash store. Take care. Until next time, keep your pen to paper and write. Your words have power and your story matters. Bye for now.